All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Did Ken Holland get fleeced? Let's get into it with the lead. No, come on. Ken Holland didn't get fleeced. You're all fired up in the YouTube chat for no reason. I welcome into Oilers Nation every day. The final live from Nashville edition of the show brought to you by our friends at AMA Travel. As always, we are live in the Sports Closet Studio and live on that Oilers Nation YouTube, which is popping. You're all fired up. You've been waiting so long for the show to start. Chell is in with the first comment and says, I think you're giving the trade a pass purely on the cap space generated. We are going to talk about exactly that. I'm Tyler Rumchuk. He is Jason Greger. And his appearances are brought to you by The Brick. It is patio season. And if you head to their website, one, they have a great Canada Day sale. So you're going to want to check out their website for more on that. And also, you want to freshen up your backyard. The Brick is the spot to do it. Greg's day two of the NHL draft was one of the most boring things I've ever sat through. <laughs> more boring than round one. There was no trades yeah. in round one. It was uh, it was an uneventful draft as far as that goes. Obviously, order fans were waiting for the trade. And it transpired. Kyler Yamamoto goes to Detroit uh, along with uh, Clem Costin and, and Edmonton basically uh, frees up the 3.1 of uh, Yamamoto. And I guess technically 750K uh, for Clem Costin, but it was more so the, the 3.1 for Kyler Yamamoto. And, uh, you know, Josh Bailey had been traded earlier in the day and you, you had to add a second rounder with Bailey. Yeah. And by the way, he was making 3.5 million. Yamamoto's making 3.2 million. So the money was virtually the same. Now the cap hit was a little higher, but Chicago's buying him out anyway. So uh, they just, they said, Hey, you know what? We'll buy the guy out and we'll take a second rounder. Um, Detroit gets Yamamoto. They get cost and, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the reality of the flat cap, I would say, in a sense. Um, you know what? You can argue that, hey, did, did everybody know for sure Kyler Yamamoto was going to struggle as much as he did last year when he signed his contract extension the, the summer before? Probably not. I, I didn't hear a massive amount of outrage over the contract then. And when the cap doesn't go up, uh, these are the things that happen. But here's the thing. So, Clean Costin, fan favorite. I totally understand why. And But... You can find guys like Clem Costin. And, and the big thing is, I think Edmonton has a huge opportunity now to find a right winger who I think can be more productive in the postseason than Yamamoto was the last years. Because if you wanted, hey, Yamamoto, I know he scored 20 goals a few years ago. This past year, he was banged up uh, in and out of the lineup. And that does matter in the regular season. 
but two years in the playoffs, he's been healthy and two years in the playoffs, he hasn't done very much. And I just think when the thing about Yamamoto that wasn't going to change was his size. He's five foot six. He's 150 pounds. The fact that he's even in the NHL at that size is remarkable to me. He plays on the inside. He plays hard. I have no problem. I think he could contribute again for Detroit, but I don't think Yamamoto was going to help you long-term, just like I didn't think yes, to help you yeah. long term. For four years ago, I said when the orders are a good team, I don't think either one of those guys is a top six. And I thought Yamamoto, maybe because of his smarts, maybe, but he's a complimentary top six. So now Edmonton can go out and they'll look for options because there'll be some, they'll be cheap, right? Obviously, everybody knows about Connor Brown. And do you want Connor Brown? Of course you want him, but does he want to sign a one year? Because that's all he can sign if it's a bonus laden contract is a one year. And so he'll have to weigh the options. I will say this in conversations again with people around the Brown camp, he's considering it because he looks at Edmonton and everybody does. There is no better place in the NHL. If you're a right winger who wants to come in and feel like, you know what, if I, if I believe in my skill, I'm going to get to play with either dry saddle or McDavid or both at differing times of the season. Like it's, because look at the right wing depth. You got Zach Hyman, and then you got Derek Ryan, and you got Raphael Lavoie. That's it. That's all they got. They got no real right wing depth. So, you know what? I think Edmonton might look to sign two right wingers in free agency. And, uh, you know, if you're Connor Brown, you're like, I don't have a lot of competition there. I know if I come into Edmonton, I am starting in the top six. And if I believe in my skill set, I'll remain there all year long. Yep. 100%. Uh, just catching up on what everyone's saying. I, Davin's in says, not bothered that Clem Costin is gone. I think it, for the most part, people in the chat, yeah, like Joel's in says he'll miss Clem Shady. Uh, Sam Squatch sucks to lose Costin. It does suck to lose Clem Costin on an emotional level. Like as a fan, he was a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. He loved having a guy who dropped the mitts, funny post-game little clips and all of that stuff, scored some big goals in the playoffs. It looked like the Oilers had a diamond in the rough there in terms of the bringing him in as a guy who, I mean, he was on waivers a couple of days before they traded for him. So I, it sucks to lose a fan favorite, but good organizations can find replacements for guys like Clem cost. And at the end of the day, like if the cap would have gone up three or 4 million this year. Oh, he'd be, he didn't even signed already. Yeah. Right? right. It would have been done. It's just like Ken, Ken Holland today said, you know, he's competing against the offer of the KHL. Now uh, my understanding is that Clem Costin was offered a, a KL, KHL contract in and around the 1.75, give or take, yep. right? Plus or minus a bit. And now he didn't accept it because I don't believe he wants to go to the KHL. I believe mm-hmm. his first option is to be in Detroit and I expect he will sign in Detroit. I'd be very surprised if he didn't sign in Detroit. Now he might not get the 1.7, but he might get 1.5, right? He might be closer. So he's like, you know what? It's worth it for me. Whereas Edmonton in a flat cap, they just, they didn't really even have that much space to do it. So Edmonton, if you're looking right away and you're saying, hey, who could be a replacement? Well, it could be Dylan Holloway. Because if you look at their left wing depth chart, you've got Kane, you've got Fogel, you got Nugent Hopkins, right? So Dylan Holloway can be that guy internally right there. By the way, his cap hit's going to be around 925. Then if you're looking, because maybe they want to try Holloway on the right side or move Fogel. Fogel can easily play the right wing. and like You could have Holloway, McLeod, and Fogel as your third line. Right. Then you can have Derek Ryan as your fourth line right winger. So then you need a fourth line center. You need a second line right winger and you need a fourth line left winger. Another name out there who, who I had written about a month ago that I said, I don't think he's going to get qualified. And I think he is six foot two, like clean Costin. He's 210 pounds. He skates really well. And he scored 16 goals back in 2021. He's coming off two tough years in Anaheim. Max Comtois is a player. Now he's not as good of a fighter, but that's a small part of it to me. Max Comtois, uh, could he, now he's coming off a contract where he made two million a year, but he only scored six goals last year. Right. He scored nine or is it nine last year and six a year before either one. It was six and nine. He's a player. I think that is looking to kind of rebuild his career Mm -hmm. and sure. He would come into Edmonton and he would say, he's fourth line, but they can use Comtois on the penalty kill a little bit. And that's the other thing. Costin wasn't ever used on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. So there is a chance there that you can replace a guy like that. Just like I think they can replace uh, Kyler Yamamoto with some external options in free agency. Interesting. Did you see Frank's text to us? No. He uh, tried to take his bottle of whiskey through security and they wouldn't let him bring it. He had to throw out his 
Nashville all-star or draft theme bottle of Jack Daniels. Well, didn't just throw it out. Oh, he gave it to just give it to the security guard, sell yeah. it to him or something. Tell him to leave it for us. We'll come pick it up. Yeah, they had to confiscate it. Brutal. Yeah, he should have hit it in a bush. We could have went and got it at the airport. God, that Frank. What a rookie well. maneuver. Oh, man. Frank, well, we even doing? told him you can't carry that one. Yeah. Actually, you were the one saying, we got to pack it in your... Uh, yeah, we got to check it. In, in the check, check bag. So yeah. uh, hopefully we'll get it through. Because that uh, is a sweet bottle, by the way. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Uh, let's check on what's going on in the Oilers Nation YouTube here. Uh, a lot of people saying, yeah, this gives Holloway a better chance. Um, love that shirt. Tyler Mulick says, Teddy Bluger, you are an Edmonton Oilers. Six foot centerman, left shot though. I think if they add a depth center, I think I'd like it to be a right shot, ideally. Someone who's a bit more of a Nick Bukestad replacement. And Teddy Bluger can't score to save his life. He's getting four, four goals last year. Yeah, I don't know if I love like, him. Like as Derek, Derek Ryan, because he's a right shot. If if you do have to settle on a left wing, a left shot center, you can have Derek Ryan, so they you know take he can draw, take a few yeah. draws, Kinda so they like can do that. Shot. But I, I do think Edmonton would like to have another right shot center for sure, because mm-hmm. McLeod dry. And by the way, Ryan McLeod's really improved his faceoffs, but. McLeod, Drysaddle, McDavid, those would be your top three, I believe, heading into the season. Ken Holland again talking about how he wants to re-sign McLeod, and you might get McLeod under two mil. You might get him at one point eight five somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bouchard's obviously going to be a bridge deal, whether it's a one or a two year deal is really the only thing. To just, and he doesn't have Arbright's, and so the tough part for Evan Bouchard. This is where the business. This is just a business. It's nothing personal. But Evan Bouchard, if you're his agent and you're like, yeah, this is the number we know you want. But he has no Arbright's. Mm-hmm. So when you get like Ryan McLeod last year, basically just had to, you know, grit his teeth and be like, I guess I'm getting $794,000. Yeah. You know, Evan Bouchard, it might be, he might want three, but if you get to free agency and let's, I'm just spitballing here. Let's say Connor Brown's like, yeah, I'll come on a, but I want 1.2 or 1 million is a, whatever it is. Yeah. And if it's 1.2, it's like, well, geez, Evan, now maybe you're only going to get 2.8 instead of three. Because we that was what we needed to get that deal done. Well, that's all the cap space we have. So, you know, that's going to... Now, the difference was last year, they literally went right to this cap ceiling. They're going to try to stay at 82.5-ish, 82.6 or 7, somewhere like that to have some breathing room and a crew cap space. But, you know, Bouchard and McLeod are going to get signed, right? Yep. McLeod will fall... I, I fully expect he'll fall for arbitration just to speed up the process. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, Obviously, the trade is the big news from today with the Edmonton Oilers, but it was day two of the NHL draft, and the Oilers had three picks. In the second round, they stepped up and took Bo Akey. What a name. That is awesome. Sounds like a country star. Yeah, Bo Akey goes in the second round. Uh, obviously, our boy Liam follows the NHL draft very closely. So, Liam, I wanted to uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on really all three of the picks, I guess. But let's start with uh, Bo Akey. What did you make of the Oilers stepping up and taking a right shot demon? Oh, well, I think taking a right shot defenseman was extremely necessary for this team. I mean, the only one they had in the organization, wasn't it? Philip Kemp. So you kind of needed to to strengthen that area. And Aki is a guy, I think is very confident with the puck and confident into in making really good plays too, has good vision on the ice, isn't afraid to, to carry the puck around too in the offensive zone. I'll take the shot. He seems like he has a very good hockey IQ with the puck and Something a little different that the others don't seem to have at the moment. So I like this pick. I know there was a couple of guys in the Western League that people wanted to take, but Bo Akey seems like he's got a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, I think it was a really solid pick. I talked to uh, our pal Stephen Ellis, who is uh, a big guy. He's out He's out in Ontario, obviously, so he watches a ton of OHL hockey. And he said, quote, while most eyes have been on Brant Clark and Barry this year, it's hard to ignore Aiky jumping up 30 points, does an excellent job of rushing the puck down the ice from his own zone, and his panic passes have disappeared these days. So it seems like a player who really took a step forward this last year. On our preview show, you talked about the Oilers looking at a right shot. Yeah, and and by the way, the one right, don't sleep on Max Wainer in the Oilers organization. I have heard a lot of really good things about him. Max Wainer, he was a seventh-round pick a few years ago. This guy has developed immensely over the last year. He is so powerful of a skater. He's huge. He's exactly six foot three. Watch... Look at this, the uh, production improvement this year for him, and then watch next year. Next year is going to be a 19 year old who's just got a really good team. But, um, you know, I, I would argue right now he's a better NHL prospect than Phil Kemp is as far as right shot defense from the organization. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Phil Kemp has the foot speed to, to be an NHLer, but Max Wayner is so raw and powerful. And I've talked to skating coaches about him. Like, there's so much to work with with him that you watch when this guy's 21, 22. I think order fans will be like, where'd this guy come from? Yeah. 
interesting. It's always good to snag those, snag those guys outside of the first round. Uh, up next at 184, the Oilers selected a goalie, Liam Nathaniel Day from Flint. I asked Stephen Ellis what he thought of this pick. He said, quote, he is as mid of a goalie as possible. <laughs> um, were you surprised they ended up taking a goalie at, one, at some point in this draft? I mean, it, it felt a little unnecessary considering how many picks they had in the draft and how many goalies they have in the organization. Wasn't it just yesterday we spoke like they have four goalies under the age of 25. They just took one last year. I was, I was a little surprised, but yeah, this guy, I mean, you look at his numbers, they don't jump out on the page, but people were saying it was a pretty low end, low risk pick on the Oilers end. So, I mean, maybe they just wanted one that played in, in Canada somewhere too, but it, it seems like the Oilers really tried to stick it with us here a little bit, taking two Ontario guys after our running joke of not having an Ontario scout. Yeah. What's going to happen next? They're not going to sign Connor Brown for us, Liam. Uh, some yeah. people will look at the organizational depth chart, Gregor, and be like, okay, well, like you have Skinner in the NHL, obviously good young goalie. You got Rodrigue and Fanti. Why did you sign another goalie? Um, did this make sense to you or is it just like, hey, well, I'll be honest. I, you know, I, I talked to Ellis. Um, I had a quick tech exchange with a goalie guy who I trust. And he's like, you know what? Technically, he thinks Day has uh, has lots of room to, to grow. And mm-hmm. so he sees potential there. Drafting goalies, man, it's... Pecorine was an eighth round yeah, pick. It's, it's the hardest position, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. to, to pick. So, you know, you have five guys under 25. Now they have to look and say, okay, is Ryan Fanti just going to be an AHL goalie? Probably. Um, I don't know. And like the guy they took last year, Gerard, has he advanced enough? Who knows? Now he can stay in Europe for a while. So, you know, you got two more years of junior minimum for day, right? Then he goes. So I don't know. Safe pick. It's a sixth round pick. Like a lot of times, like you're, you're guessing a little bit on the projection factor. I know some people say, just go with the high skill guys and take that. And that's fair, but you can't just always go for high skill yep. uh, players, but neither one of their sixth or seventh were like a, a high ceiling potential type player. Uh, just quick note, the Oilers announcing they've officially extended qualifying offers to Bouchard, McLeod, Lavoie, Philp, and Olivier Rodriguez, so yeah. a little bit of news here as we work our way through the show. Uh, finally, the Oilers stepped up in the seventh round and they took Matt Capone, who just turned 20 not that long ago. So it was his 19 year old season that he played through. Uh, Stephen Ellis again reached out to him for his insight. He liked this pick. He said, uh, third year eligible prospect had a solid sophomore season, becoming one of his team's most vital scoring forces. Uh, Capone had a hot run to end the year, but was shut out in their final against BU. Consistently effective, highly competitive. Those are probably traits you like in a guy who, you know, has the ceiling of like a bottom six kind of option. Hey, so it's you, fine. You got to fill out your uh, your roster everywhere, yeah. and if you can with draft picks. If if he turns out to be a a full time bottom six player, you're doing cartwheels <laughs> from the the seventh rounder, yeah. right? Like look at Kyle Brodzak, a seventh rounder who played 915 games, right? Like that's an unbelievable pick. So I'm a big fan. I don't. I'd rather draft a 19 year old because I've had two more years to watch him and I can see the development. And I think I have a better sense of what he is rather than taking a, you know, a 17 year old in the seventh round who I'm like, wow, maybe I think this guy's going to improve, but because you could take that 17 year old next season or the year after look at the age of draft picks. A lot of them, when you get to the third plus round, there's lots of guys that are plus one, their draft or their second year. Some of the European guys, even older. And because the draft is too young, it's a fact. Ugh. Okay. It's a fact. So to me, it's I'd, I would take uh, picks on guys who are 19 all day, every day in the later rounds over mm-hmm. 17 year olds, the majority of the time. Liam, what did you make of their uh, seventh rounder there? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with what Greg had just said too. Like taking those older guys in the later rounds, like you know what they, they kind of are. And yeah, Capone is a guy who's extremely competitive from what all the reports have been saying. Now it's, it's back-to-back years. The Oilers have took a, an older college player with their seventh round tick, taking a Matt Alash here from the University of Vermont too. So again, it's just a it's a low risk pick, right? And maybe he pans out, maybe he doesn't. But he's it's it's interesting to see these guys get passed over a couple of times. Like maybe they've got a little bit more to him, you know. Yep. Uh, also for you, you're rocking that beautiful Sherd Park Crusaders hat. A nice day yes. for uh, your other organization there with the crew, with your boy Ty Mueller getting picked. Yeah, Ty Mueller went, uh, what was it, 105 to the Vancouver Canucks. So that was pretty cool to see. Just He played at the Nebraska Omaha in the NCAA last season. And yeah, he, he got passed over once in his draft year too, but now he's he's going to Canucks. And uh, so congratulations to the Mueller family. And there was four other players from the AJHL that got drafted, shockingly all from the Brooks Bandits. So there you go. 
stunner, hey? The Brooks Bandits had a lot of... Yeah. It's a lot of teams in the dub. Yeah. Right, lots of teams in the OHL, lots of teams in the Quebec major major junior league. Like yep. Brooks is, you know what? It's there's different paths all the time for players. And I always try to remind parents and everybody about that sort of thing. So, you know, the AJHL is a great league, especially if you're a little bit of a late developer, you're not as physically advanced at 16 or 17, right? Yeah. You, you can, you can still mature. And, and I think it's being proven that you get five guys from the AJHL. Mm-hmm. It's great on the league. Yeah. I I've always said when I kind of like talk to people, in the WHL, you're going to get drafted somewhere and you're going to be kind of told where to go. When you go that AJHL NCAA route, you can pick your AJHL team. You can pick your college like to an extent, obviously, they have mm-hmm. interest in you, but you can choose where you go. If you want to stay close to home, stay close to home. If you want to prioritize this organization, go there. Um, I've always thought it's a really good one. I'm not just saying that because there's the head scout of the Sherwood Park Crusaders on our show, Liam. Uh, I'll take it either way, Tyler. Thanks yeah. for that. I'll put that in my uh, next package next season when I'm recruiting players. Uh, the NHL did a cool little moment at uh, the end of the draft where Tom Fitzgerald is the GM of the Devils. He was also the captain of the first team that David Poyle GM'd. Fitzgerald traded the final pick of the draft to the Predators so that Poyle could make his last ever selection as uh, the general manager, uh, as a general manager in the league. I thought that was like a pretty neat moment. He got a standing ovation. Took an AJHLer. Yeah, he took an AJHLer, but ton of love for David Poyle. That's it. I mean, Surprised he's not in the Hall of Fame already. Uh, he seems like a prime candidate for oh, the yeah. builder, and I wouldn't be surprised if David Poyle is is nominated and inducted into the Hockey Hall mm-hmm. of Fame next year in the in the builder category. Uh, just just when you see the reaction from so many of the G and even younger GMs who have just been you know starting out, guys who played as players in the league, and yeah. you know, Bill Guerin and many other ones, like real heartfelt words that were said uh, to David Poyle throughout the weekend and and the whole week really. Um, and hey, deservedly so. He's the epitome of what a builder is. Yeah. Right. He came to Nashville. He could have went to Toronto at the time. Yeah. Right. Elected to come to Nashville and literally start a franchise from scratch. And he built Nashville into a hockey town. Now I know they never won a cup, but they made it to a cup final. There's lots of teams that haven't won a cup since 1998. Yeah. So you know what? I, I look at how he's into a market that was not a hockey hotbed. And now Nashville, like think about all the things they've hosted here in the last seven years, right? Stanley mm-hmm. cup final, all-star game draft awards, like, and their fans show up and they're really proud of it. It's, it's a loud bill. And I talked to a lot of players. They love playing in Nashville, right? Like maybe none more than Leon dry side. Yeah. The mayor of Nashville. they, you know what? Good for David Poyle. And yep. now we'll, we'll see what uh, Barry Trotz has got pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah, he certainly does. Uh, that's a wrap on our coverage of the NHL draft from Nashville, all powered by AMA Travel and AMA Travel.ca. Hey, maybe you're looking to get down to Nashville this summer. I would maybe recommend coming down here in the winter because it's insanely hot and the storms are wild. They had to come on stage at one point and Bill Daly was like, hey, for everyone's safety, don't leave the rink for 30 minutes. It's bad outside. Um, and like the flights were grounded for a bit in Nashville. They got hit with a crazy storm. I'm trying to think. I've, I could not recall. So we're on the draft floor, right? We're just about to interview Ken Holland and it starts thundering oh. outside and you can hear it. I'm like, what? are you kidding me? Like we're that low down and oh, yeah. it was loud, like numerous, probably for about five minutes. Like it was rumbling. And so I was told by a lot of people when it, uh, when it storms here, it's coming down hard. And then, you know what it's, they needed, it, it was so gross, humid. Like I've honestly, I think it might be more humid here than it is in New York City in August, oh. which is pretty humid, or even Ontario in the summer, which is pretty humid. Like it was, and it's it's not bad. It's just different. If you're not used to it, like literally, we went out for a few beers last night, and we're on the rooftop patio at the Jason Aldean Bar, yeah. and I'm there for an hour, and I'm like, I'm out. I got jeans on. I'm wearing a t-shirt, and I'm just like, you know how you got that sweat inside? Yeah. I walked home ten blocks. I had to shower. Like yeah. I couldn't believe it, and it's not because I'm out of shape. It was just. So muggy. You're just like, oh, that was like a nice, refreshing, cold shower. But it's an unbelievable place. Honestly, I can see why. Like, it's a Wednesday night and places are packed. And it's not just because of the draft, right? Like, the draft is here and there's some that's nice for certain places. The bachelorette party capital of the world. But, man, if you're, and the great part is you could be 21 and you're like, because you got to be 21, of course, party in in the US. Or you could be 60 and you're still like, ah, we're doing whatever, couples, golf trip, what have you all age groups at all so many different pubs and bars mm-hmm. that you go to. And some of them have a, a very eclectic uh, age group and all of them. I just found like, this is honestly, I had more fun in Nashville than I've had in Vegas. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like if you, and especially 
and I know you're not like a big gambler. If you're not a gambler, Vegas is kind of like, eh. Nashville is just like that party street. Oh my God. It's oh, unbelievable. Lower yeah. Broadway is. It's, yeah, it's you're not paying $400 a bottle service yeah. and stuff like that. Like, I like Vegas. I've had fun. I don't, trust yeah. me, I don't, I don't mind gambling. I did spend nine hours one time doing it, but playing um, with TI, that's yeah. a great story. Find it on the DFO rundown. <laughs> Uh, all right, there you go. Again, amatravel.ca. If you go to amatravel.ca slash dreams, you can punch in what you want to do. So if you're like family friendly, there's four of us, we want to go somewhere hot, and then you just hit the little button and it spits out a pre-planned vacation for you and AMA Travel takes care of it all. It's basically like having your own travel planner right there, amatravel.ca slash dreams. Uh, let's get to the news desk brought to you by Papa John's where you can use the code word Gregor, get yourself 25% off your order Butter chicken pizza. That's what Papa John's is cooking up. So you can give that a try. Get 25% off with the code word Gregor. Also, if you want to try something different, get the works with ranch dressing. Instead of pizza sauce? Instead of the tomato sauce, yes. Not bad. Oh, Uh, it's very tasty. And you have to use the promo code before you put in your order. So just put in uh, Gregor first and then go through your order and then you get the 25% off. Uh, The news desk for Papa John's, Josh Bailey was also traded today. Bailey and a second round pick goes to Chicago. Hawks promptly buy him out. Basically, was Chicago buying a second round pick in 2026? 100%. Which that's how you weaponize your cap space. Why not? You got to spend the money on something. Well, you look at, at Chicago. So they gave Felino $4 million. Yeah. Uh, Frank Saravalli reporting that Corey Perry is going to get upwards of $3 million, maybe close to four on a now one year deal. Yeah, so yeah. They're not going to be long term deals. But Chicago has a boatload of cap space. They lost $21 million in Taves and Kane. 21. Right. So you got to fill that. You've got to get at least to the 61.7 floor. Yeah. And they'll do that. So, you know, they get a second rounder. It frees up some cap space for the New York Islanders who desperately need it. I'm very curious to see can they add any offense uh, in New York? Uh, mm-hmm. Does this allow them to re sign Scott Mayfield? We'll see. But, you know, that that kind of showed the sign because that was for future considerations, which is basically the polite way of saying nothing goes back in return ever. There is no such thing as future considerations. There's nothing considered in the future. Okay. Maybe the GM buys you beer at, at last call. Maybe. Oh, we asked Ken Holland after the draft, we were, or someone asked him in the scrum, uh, future considerations like, do you know anything about that? And he just like chuckled and looked at the camera and goes, future considerations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to consider yeah. uh, in the future is what it is. And that kind of set the bar for order fans wondering, yep. okay, because Josh Bailey, well, his cap hit was 5 mil. His actual dollars paid this coming season was 3.5. Mm-hmm. Yamamoto's cap hit is 3.1, but actual dollars paid is 3.2. So very close, yep. right? If you're looking now, people would say, hey, Yamamoto's way younger. Very true. I think it's eight or nine years younger. And I, I think he has more potential. Uh, moving forward to to help your team, but it's kind of illustrated. Hey, and so they had to uh, include Costin and I shouldn't say had, but it was part of the addition because Detroit liked Costin and Edmonton and Costin just can't all talk about him and his agent. They've been going back and forth here and they just couldn't come to a contract that they felt was one that was feasible for their cap. Yeah. And listen, we have people in in the chats, both on Facebook and YouTube. Like Connor says, how does Colorado get Johansson at 50% for Galchenyuk? Holland has to give away Costin along with Yam for nothing. Okay. This I well think about it. wasn't even like a positive asset. Okay. Well, Galchenyuk's basically future considerations, right? Like Galchenyuk's not under contract. That was just, they needed to remove somebody off their 50 man roster. So it was essentially nothing, but Colorado still paying him $4 million. Right. And Ryan Johansson did score 60 points a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He's a six foot three, six foot four center. Like it, it's different, right? Like you can't compare the two. It's just, you just, you can't, right? Not every trade is identical, but Colorado's acquiring a guy for $4 million. Mm-hmm. So what the Kyler Yamamoto people doesn't, he's five foot six and 155 pounds. He's not six foot three and 220 pounds. I'm just sorry. He isn't like any is injury concerns now and yeah, all that. Like stuff. You can't. And, and I like Yamamoto. I'm not slagging him, but I just think at times people in Edmonton, like they overvalue players. They like, you can like Yamamoto, but it doesn't mean his value is viewed the same as opposing general managers, right? Like the fact that Ken Holland was able to get rid of play for nothing at the deadline was because otherwise you don't get echo. Like that was a, that was a miracle mm-hmm. trade. Um, I would expect the Oilers are more or less done on the trade front for the summer. Um, I think, you know, Fogel or sorry, cost in leaving probably means Fogel is coming back. I don't see a trade happening on the blue line. We heard Holland again today say you need seven. 
And he's talking about defensemen to get through a season. I mean, you probably need eight or nine if we're being honest. The Oilers were very fortunate injury-wise last year. Yeah, on their blue line for sure. Yeah, like pretty much every D-man played the whole season. Everyone keeps going, oh, how are you going to find time for Broberg? You always say that leading into the year. And most of the time, your Somebody seventh defenseman that. still gets into a ton of games. So yeah. you need seven. I don't think they can just cap dump a Kulak or a CC. Oh, gosh. Those like, guys have value, too. Yeah, so it would like, be a cap dump. But you're not looking to move those guys to free up more money. Here's point. the thing. So I did a little exercise on Cody CC Because a lot of people are like, trade Cody CC, Trade Cody CC. Okay, so go look at go And you can go to cap friendly. It's very simple. Type in right shot defenseman. Active players. And then put now sort them by cap hit. And and just to, to minimize your search, sort 4.5 million to 2.5 million. Right? And mm-hmm. Tyler's doing it right now as we I speak. Am, I'm doing it on the spot. And then you look at the defense, but then find ones that you think are available and then ones that are clearly better. Right? The, the yeah. list is it's very short. Like one I came up with was Brett Pesci. We'd heard he's available. Yeah. Right? He's a defender. And uh, and I did have another conversation today, and so I want to I want to get this because I think I know the answer, but I'm curious. Mm-hmm. So this was presented to me um, today. They said if you're the Edmonton owners and you're paying Darnell Nurse nine point two five million, yeah, and he's done very well on the power play when given the opportunity in the past. If you want to make his contract look better, should you play him more on the power play? Okay, I, I would just say no because I think Bouchard's better at it. And you're not in the business of trying to appease fans or anything. You're in the business of winning, right? Okay, so so then his follow-up to that was, because you know that Nurse can play on yeah. the power play yep. and do, and the power play was fine with him on it. Yeah, you it go was. look at it. It was fine, right? Just like it was fine with Tyson Berry mm-hmm. and it's fine with Evan Bouchard. Why? Because 29 and 97 run the power play, okay? 93 is pretty good too. When they, they traded yeah. Barry and everyone was like, whoa, yeah. is the power play going to yeah. take a step back? No. So, and, and his theory was, what's Edmonton's biggest weakness? It's not their power play. It's they're defending five on five. So he said, if you can play nurse on the power play, could you trade Evan Bouchard and get a defensive minded defenseman like Brett Pesci? It was a real interesting debate that we had over beers because if people just say what now it's, it's very bold and it's different thinking, but your power play is very good. Almost regardless of which D man's on it. It changes a little bit. Bouchard has the heavier shot. No question. Right. There's no question in my mind about that. Right. Barry had a pretty decent shot. Nurse has an okay shot. Right. Now he's a lefty to a righty. So that's where it changes a bit. Mm -hmm. But when he did run it, he was fine. So it just, it was an interesting dynamic to look at to say, because if Bouchard scores you 60 points this year, well, now he's a $7 million defenseman. Yeah. But like I've even heard there's been times in the past where people are like, oh, I remember in Toronto, they did it. I forget who it was. It might've been Hyman where they were like, why are they playing Hyman in the top six in a contract year? He's going to cost too much. Okay. Good Lord. If the guy scores you 30 goals and he costs too much, you don't care because he scored you 30 goals. Right. So I, I think with Bouchard, like, see, is he going to be expensive at some point? Yes. Do you just live with that? Yes. You'd rather have good players. You, that's a good problem to have. No, but his point was if the majority of his points are coming from the power play yeah. that anybody could play and you're already paying a guy 9.25 who can mm. produce the points there. It was just, you know what? Something I hadn't, it was yeah, an yeah. angle that I hadn't thought about. And I was like, that's you know what? There's, you can at least have the discussion to, cause you know, when we talk about well, who are you going to be, I said, well, the only like would Carolina trade Bouchard for Pesci and other pieces. We're just debating yeah, yeah. this, right? Then you look and say, cause what does Edmonton need to improve? They need to improve their five on five defending, right? Now, I'm not saying I would do it, but it's it's an interesting conversation before people freak out. You have to you have to look at things and say, hmm, I can see the merit. It's ballsy, right? It it might not be received the best way, mm-hmm. but it is something you can consider. Uh, Lance is in and says, did Gregor take Jay's notes for this show? Jay Downton, that is uh, noted Bouchard hater, Jay Downton. Oh, uh, <laughs> for, I never said anything negative about Bouchard. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. The guy was talking about when you look at the big picture of your team, right? And you already have a guy that you're paying that much money for who would give it, albeit mm. smaller sample size, did well on the power play. Could you justify considering it? Yeah. Uh, we talked about the news desk for Papa John's. That ties into our short for giant offseason question. Only a couple of days left in the month of June and in during this month. When you go make a test drive at Sherwood Ford, they will make a donation to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation. The question today, Greg's, is which player are you most surprised didn't get moved this week? Because you look at Frank Saravalli's top 10 trade targets, and they are all currently still on their same teams. 
Yeah, I probably would say Noah Hannafin because I think the free agent defense crop is is pretty shallow. Mm-hmm. Noah Hannafin's a solid defender. I, I think it's a it's a tradable contract. I think there'd be lots of teams interested. So that now I still think he's going to get dealt. But th- that was the one that I probably thought of all of the names. Like if you look at you know Eric Carlson pretty difficult trade to make yep. right Connor Hellebuck the goalie market it is so first of all any team that acquires him is probably going to say okay well we want to talk to his agent what's he looking for in a long-term deal because we don't want to give up a lot if he's not signing here long term and then the other thing is they're like well why do we have to give up a lot name the last time a goalie got traded where you had to give up a lot like it's funny like Marc-Andre Fleury a Vezna trophy winner given away Right. So Oiler fans, before you get mad, oh, they gave away Yamamoto for nothing. Yeah. Salary cap. Look what Vegas did with a Vesna trophy winner. Yeah. Okay. So calm, pump the brakes on, oh my God, Yamamoto, it's a terrible trade. I think Hellebuck's a difficult one to trade. Right. Uh, Mark Shifley, interesting guy to trade. Uh, Lindholm, I think Calgary really wants to keep him. So that's what makes that one. So I think Hannafin would be my answer. You? I think my answer is to Brinkat, just because I thought Ottawa would really want to get in another first round pick this year, or get into the first round, I should say, because they lost theirs for Chikrin, right? Right. So deep draft, even if you know it wasn't going to be top ten, like what they gave up to get to Brinkat, but I thought that Detroit pick at seventeen just made so much sense. I thought Ottawa was going to be hungry to move into this draft in particular, so I think I will go with uh, Alex Brinkat. Liam, I want your take on this one on the short four giant offseason question. We're looking at Frank Serve, all these trade targets here. Obviously, number five to Montreal didn't go either. Um, but which one are you? Uh, which one are you most surprised by? Uh, the one I'm most surprised by, I will be honest, Tyler. I was reading the chat a lot of the time. You guys were talking, so I'm not sure what you said. But I'll say Noah Hannafin is the one player I'm surprised. You're agreeing with Greg? Didn't get picked. Okay, perfect. And that works out nicely. Just seem like, I like it. <laughs> just seemed like Calgary were going to be pretty active this week after all the news that Frank dropped on everybody the other week, yeah. and then. Comes in, they trade to Foley, obviously. But yeah, I thought Hannafin would have been the one. I, I was wondering too on Hellebuck, like, do you guys think he's going to get moved? Like, I wonder, maybe I'm wrong on this, but didn't he just say he didn't want to be involved in another rebuild? So what if Winnipeg are just a very competitive team next season and managed to get into the playoffs again? Do you think there's I, a, a window where he stays? But there's always the talk that he doesn't want the extension there, right? So I think at some right. point, if you're the Jets, you have this asset and this guy who, I mean, we just don't know what he's worth, I guess. But He's a perennial Vesna guy. At some point, I would think someone's going to offer you something that at least makes you think long and hard about it. Well, if you're the Jets, mm-hmm. do you wait and hope that you can, you know, turn him into a Dwayne Rolson return, which was a first round pick, right? Like the yep. thing is, when we went through, we were looking at the history of goalie trades. Like I think just, Flurry at that deadline went for a first, didn't he? Mini. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Have to look back on that. But like I think you have a Hellebuck to me, a trade for Hellebuck. I think the emotion of a team, maybe they're getting an injury to their goalie, or maybe they're like, Man, we like everything about our team but our goalie. And if we yeah. get Connor Hellebuck, now we're a Stanley Cup contender. And I think the emotional viewpoint of GMs in February is gonna be a lot more we can win than it is in June, right? June, you're like, yeah, I think my team's good. And you know what? I'm pretty confident in our team. So you're not as urgent in your, in your thought process to want to make that type of trade. So I, I said it before, I like the jets Wheeler probably going to get bought out, put on waivers tomorrow. I would guess Um, they already dealt PLD. I think they're going to deal Shifley. I didn't think you could move all four of them in one four month span. It'd be unbelievable. I don't know if the team in NHL history had ever done that with four, you know, top end guys like that and leaders on your own team. So I, I agree, Liam. I think Hellebuck's a guy who's probably traded during the season, which some might say, well, that sucks for Winnipeg. What if they're competitive? You're right. Then maybe they don't trade them. So, you know, we'll see. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We're motoring through the show here. Let's get to, instead of a trade machine today, here's what we're going to do. We're not doing a show tomorrow because we're going to be flying back, but we will have a free agent special for you on Saturday. We'll be going live from the Sports Closet Studio where Liam is currently located. Uh, free agency coming July 1st, Canada Day. Instead of a trade machine, we're going to do a free agent machine, and uh, we're going to rattle through some of the top names on Frank's. I got seven guys loaded up here. Liam, you can stick around. We'll go around the horn, drop a prediction somewhere you think could be a good fit for him. Number one on Frank's list is Dmitry Orlov. Boston cleared up a bit of money, but I still don't think they can bring him back. Greg's anywhere to jump off the page to you for Orlov? No, that's the problem. It's weird, right? Right. Like I think Orlov's a really good defenseman, but if he's asking 8 million, I'm not sure he's going to get that. No. So where does it come down? Lots of teams could use him. Like I really like Dmitry Orlov, but I I'm going, I think Dmitry's going to want to sign, I would assume, on a competitive team. Mm-hmm. So then you look at competitive teams like, hey, a team that could really use him is Toronto. No question. They got to they got to upgrade upgrade their defense mm-hmm. core, but I, I'm not sure um, it necessarily works for them. You know, Tampa's obviously out. St. Louis is trying to move guys, so I don't include them. L.A. signed their guys, so I don't I don't look at them. Uh, Dallas. Now, what if Dallas buys out Ryan Suter? Oh, that's because D- Dallas. I think they're close. I think they feel they're close. The the one team who probably could use them the most, but maybe doesn't have the cap space, is the Florida Panthers. Right. Yeah. And so that that's going to be my guess is the uh, is the Florida Panthers. So a suitor buyout would save Dallas 2.8. Right now they currently have 5.1. Yeah, so they doesn't only have nine free. forwards yeah, signed. It doesn't it. free up I, enough. Uh Liam, your prediction for Dmitry Orlov. Yeah, well, I mean, no one has any money, so it's quite difficult to put a, a competitive landing spot on him. Uh I'm just looking here. Could could Detroit possibly be a landing spot for Orlov? That's an interesting one, actually. They a got team that money. Wants to take another step, right? A lot of money, yep. and they've got a lot of guys signed up already. Yeah, like yeah. they only have, like, you know, I'm assuming that Lindstrom they'll resign, but he's going to be dirt cheap. Yep. You look at their blue line, like Mo Sider. Now he's in the final year of his deal, then he's going to get a big raise. But other than yeah. that, you know, Sherratt, 4.7 for a few more years. Jake Wallman, they just signed. Oli Mata for a few. That's actually a really good option, right? Because yep. I think Detroit needs to take a step. And what better way to do it than to get a quality veteran defender? I like Dimitri Ordoff a lot. That's, you know what? I like that pick. Uh, I'll go with Buffalo for mine. I think you can slot him in. Your top four next year, Darlene, Samuelson, Orlov, Power. That'd be a pretty nice top four. And they got money as well. 14 and a half million cap space. Yeah, their problem is that uh, Darlene and Owen Power are both due next year. So I don't think they want Orloff to eat up. I think all their money is going to be going to those two guys the next year. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a fair point too. Uh, num up next on the list, we got Tyler Bertuzzi at 4.75. Um, doesn't sound like he's going to be going back to Boston. You talked about that on the DFO rundown, Greg's. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, an interesting one. I'm going to say the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I can. That'd be a fit there. Hey, you talked about lifestyle with him. Yeah, so. there's two things. I he he brings a little bit more bite than some yeah. of the guys they have because a lot of their wingers I find change the name bar. They're similar in how they play. And now Bertuzzi isn't that um, robust, but he's got a little bit of a jerk in him, yep. which I which I think they need. And so I, I will say the Carolina Hurricanes, Liam. Could Pittsburgh be an option for him? What I'm just thinking of like Dubas was very interested in bringing into Toronto, wasn't he too? So yeah. a little bit of money, bring some scoring. I mean, maybe not. He only had eight goals last season. Hopefully he gets that back, but could Pittsburgh be an option for him? 
$15.2 million in cap space. They got nine forwards, 60 and a goalie signed. Yeah. They got seven forwards already making five sheets. So yeah. like they just acquired Riley yeah. Smith. Had they not acquired Smith, then I think it would have worked. Yeah. That's interesting. That's true. Um, I'm going to go off the board a lot. I'm going to say the Seattle Kraken. They got, they also have five forwards making $5 million or more next season, but no one making more than six. Yeah. I, I think Bertuzzi would fit into that cap structure of just bringing another guy between five to six million bucks yeah. and works hard, should fit in well with what that group kind of likes to do, adds a little bit of a layer of depth to them. Uh, what do we got? Who's the next name on the board here? Uh, JT Comfer. If Boston could make the money work, they would be my answer here to grab a centerman down the middle. Gregor, anyone stand out to you on Comfer? Oh, yeah. No, I think it's Boston. Like, name a team that needs centers more than Boston. Like, honestly, you Bergeron and Krejci, Cam Neely said it yesterday, that they're planning on uh, not having either one. Now, I think Bergeron, he could sign, what's the regular season start? October 12th. Yeah. I don't even know the date. He could sign literally before training camp the day before. And they'd be like, yeah, no problem. We'll figure it out. So I think they still got to sign one. Cause I think the, the Krejci option to come back is much lower. Mm-hmm. So, you know, JT Confer or Ryan O'Reilly are the two centers. I think they're going to try to go get one of them, right? Like they're losing Bertuzzi. They're losing Orloff. They've lost Taylor Hall, like lost Felino. They got some cap space yep. now, so they got to go get a center. So yeah, Confer makes sense to me. Liam. I will not be swaying away from the Boston Bruins with you guys too. Let's hope it happens then. <laughs> uh, we'll see what if our friends at Betway have any free agency odds up. We'll uh, we'll just do the top five on Frank's board. So number four is Ryan Graves. Um, who who needs a, a top four D man? Probably a handful of teams. Maybe if Florida thinks Orlov, like if they can't get in the mix for Orlov, maybe Graves is a guy like they check down to. Yes, yeah, not sure where I stand on I Graves. For some reason, Graves. he doesn't. He doesn't wow me, but that doesn't mean he can't be good, right? Like yeah. he, he, he does a lot of things well. He's big, what you want for a defenseman. He's not flashy by any stretch of the imagination, but um, the Washington Capitals, I think, are, are a team that oh, uh, yeah. they got to they got to improve their defense core. There's no question about that. So uh, they would be one option for me, and um, the team who uh, who who loves their blue line. I wonder if the Nashville Predators do that, knowing that, you know, Tyson Berry's a UFA at the end of the season, yeah. right? Dante Fabro, maybe uh, they make a move. So that would be my little bit of a wild card would yeah. be Nashville. About Liam, do you have a hot take on Ryan Graves? I think I might have a hot take on Ryan okay. Graves. Could the Arizona Coyotes be a possibility? I mean, they've been talking about wanting to be better and improving yeah. everything, right? They got a ton of money. He just feels like a guy who's, probably going to get overpaid somewhere and Arizona might be the team that wants to do it for a few years. Yeah. Hey, we're, we've been hearing about the fact that they, they are serious about contending all of the sudden. Mm. Well, uh, I know why. Cause they finally realized, geez, we can't just suck balls forever and have everybody be like, Hey, great. You know what? Oh, this is the nice little team. Ha ha. They're basically saying, no, everybody's rejected you because yeah, you yeah. had a loser mentality in your own community. They're like, no, we don't want you. We're not building a ring for you here. So I think the owner's like, well, we got to at least show them that we're trying to win. So, you know, that makes sense. I think the other team is the Anaheim Ducks. They got a boatload of money. Yep. And Ryan Graves to me looks like a D-man who might get overpaid by a team. And, and those two have the most cap space. Uh, okay. Who is the last name on the board there? Alex Kalorn. That's an Kalorn. interesting one. Were you? Did you say Buffalo on the DFO rundown? Yeah. I, I like him for Buffalo because I look at the Sabres and the position they're at, right? You've got Thompson, but now you've still got a few years of Skinner. That's the challenge. Although yeah. Skinner actually had a really good year last year. I'll give him credit. That's back in a couple of um, You know, now. like, but Dylan Cousins and Tage Thompson are on really good contracts, yes. right? Um, and they just, it was just announced Jack Quinn's going to miss like six to eight months. Yes. So there you go. Now he doesn't open up a ton of cap space. Alex Tuck, like Victor Olofsson, I think is a prime guy that they look and say, okay, can we fit Kalorn in this year? Knowing that Olofsson is done. His 4.7 would come off next yep. year. Now the cap goes up. So I, I think for one year, because you'd basically say, we're going to take Kalorn and we can afford both of him and Olofsson. Yep. But then next year, when we have to give Darlene and power their big raise, plus we get an increase in salary cap. That's when we can, you know, just, move on from Olsen. Not that he's a terrible player, but I think Kalorn, like if you look at Buffalo, who is their veteran guy that's really going to be the voice in that room? Kind of like New Jersey went out and got Palat. And even though he got injured, the players talked about how much Andre Palat really meant to them. And just conversation, the Edmonton owners talked about Duncan Keith. And and 
there's legitimacy in this. Yeah. Kalorn's been, and he's just, and he scored 64 points last year as well. So it's not like he's an old guy who can't produce. I'm curious about the term and the contract, but the Buffalo Sabres to me, a team that's ready to take the next step. I think they should mirror what New Jersey did last year. Cause it worked for the Devils. Liam Kalorn. Um, well, there was reports today, wasn't it, that Tampa Bay is going to do whatever they could to keep him, but that seems difficult with the money situation they have. Do you think maybe Columbus could be someone? They might have to move out another player to bring him in, but they're looking for a sentiment, right? Maybe he can he can fit in there. Yeah, Clorn, nah, nah, I don't, I, I don't know no? about that. Um, I do love that they got Fantilli, though. He, I mean, you probably couldn't yeah. go wrong between Carlson and Fantilli. Uh, Liam, how, how stunned were you that the draft broke the way it did? I forgot to ask you about that off the jump. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think those top three were all pretty much locked in to be who they were going to be. And yeah, in some order. Yeah. Then there was, there was kind of some things out there that maybe Carlson might go ahead of him. I, I mean, I just don't think it's really a bad decision on, on any of them. Right. Fantilli's going to be a stud. Carlson looks to be an elite player too. And then obviously Bedard yeah. was going to be Bedard, but I think the draft really got interesting at, at fifth overall. And Montreal Canadian fans were not very happy despite getting the number one defenseman in the draft. So we'll kind got of see what happens there. Got the number one D-man in the draft and you, you're start, you've built up a good core mm-hmm. of young forwards already. Like I know drafting for need is a dangerous game to play, but I didn't hate it. I just, again, I'll just say it about San Jose and Montreal. You should have taken Mitch Goff. Well, San Jose, I think more like Montreal. I understand it. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, all these skilled forwards. I'm like, yeah, smaller skilled forwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if you have a, if you have a, you know, a nice little team, then that's what you have. A nice little team. And Montreal, you can't, they just got new hook, right? They've already got coffee. They've got Suzuki. Like how many guys under six foot do you want to legitimately think you're going to compete? And if, and if you're taking a guy there, like lots of scouts are very high on Dave Reinbach, yeah. very high on him. So I, I didn't mind that pick at all. As Carrie Price said, David <laughs> Reinbacher. No, tough one. Yeah, that was a tough one. Drew, everybody's drawing a blank sometimes. It yeah. happens. <laughs> a lot of pressure. I think it's one of those things where you probably walk up onto the stage and be like, this is easy. I'm Carrie Price. I've done public speaking all the time. And then you get up there and you're like, uh, oh no, there's a lot of people in here. Uh, it was fun what, being in the building for the first round. Liam, what's up? Was there, was there a pick within that first round that seemed to stun the audience or everyone kind of in there? The second overall one, definitely, when when Anaheim said that they were taking Carlson, the building was kind of like thrown off a little bit. Like we were hearing rumblings in the media room that like, hey, Anaheim is leaning Carlson like this could be happening. Um, But obviously, like the crowd wouldn't have known that. So when everyone's thinking Fantilli ends up being that two, definitely threw everyone for a bit of a loop. But everything else, not really. Not because to be honest, after you get to to 10 or 12. Unless there's people who study it. Like, I'm never one to, yeah. like, now, Yessi Ninamaki is still the one pick that I remember being like, what the, like, literally. Because <laughs> you look, you back, you know, you're flipping through, and because they used to have central, and there wasn't nearly as many online, uh, virtually none at that point. And you're going through it, and you're like, what? This guy's ranked, like, not even the top 70. Like, what is happening? Like, yeah. and obviously it turned out to be well. Like, although he's a sick dancer, by the way, absolutely. <laughs> that guy could crush the planks on the dance floor. But, um, that, that's the one kind of pick. And there's been a few other ones over the years, but I remember a few years ago when Mo Sider got drafted, a lot of people like, what? Mm. So I, I find it interesting that some people will, will so be so strong. And I'm like, oh, yeah, how many times you see that guy play live? Well, none. Well, yeah. how can you how can you be that certain yeah. when you've never seen the guy live and you watch him on video? And video is nice, but you don't see everything when it's on video. Yeah, and like people, I saw people on Twitter with whoever the Red Wings took were like, "Oh my God, what are they doing there?" And it's like, I'm pretty sure Steve Eiserman knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, uh, and his scout, know. right? Yeah. It's more so they're like the yeah. head scout. They the, the most cider pick gives them a lot of grace period because there's a lot of people saying what, and that's turned out to be unbelievable. Uh, Aaron is in on the Facebook and says, I've always wondered what future considerations even means. Who decides what this is? These type of deals should be banned. It's, it's just a polite way of saying for nothing. Yes. Future considerations is in the future. We'll consider nothing. Take us out for dinner next time you're in the city. It's, it's basically because you don't want to insult a professional athlete, right? Hey, he's traded for, cause you can't, you know, whatever it is, right? 
You just can't do it. So you say future considerations. It's the polite way of saying nothing. It's happened to in, in multiple trades in recent history. It's not a problem. So, yeah. Now, way back when future considerations actually meant that you would negotiate later. Now, sometimes I remember uh, hearing stories like in the 80s and stuff where future considerations and, you know, they would end up sending like a pay for a whole bunch of off-season training and different things like that. And so, you know, cases of beer and flats. So it, it was a little bit different in the past. Now it's it was not, a different league. It's not as juicy. <laughs> it's basically future considerations, which means a whole lot of nothing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's sometimes it might be a bottle, but you know, <laughs> first round with the GMs in the first round, we're all doing their jokes about Tootsie's Bill Guerin and uh, uh, Bill Guerin's all over it. Yeah, yeah that was good. Brad, you living. Uh, let's wrap up the show with our Betway other sports report. How about the fact there was a perfect game in, in the majors last night? Do you see that? Yeah. But 24th perfect game of all time. Now, is that the same guy, though, that beat the hell out yeah, of Yeah, so. he's a loser. I don't even want to say his yep. name. Like, I'm sorry. 24th one. Uh, tonight, the Jays are in action. They're wrapping up their series. It's the rubber match against the San Francisco Giants. Chris Bassett on the bump for Toronto, looking to get things straightened back out. He's kind of had a bit of a rough patch here. Jays plus 135 on the run line, and they are at home, so not a terrible spot. It's been weird. Such a weird vibe around the Jays, but I saw a tweet a couple of days ago that they were the best team in the American League in the month of June. And there were rumors in June that they wanted to fire their manager. It has not felt that way at all. Well, what's interesting, oh, by the way, you, um, we were both bang on um, the other day when you said like lock and load. Gosman. Gosman with the Ks. He ended up with 12. Yeah. But Bassett's interesting because he talked about how he's going away. He was calling his own pitches there for yeah. a while. It was not working. He's thinking too much. And which is funny. I'm like, why the hell would you change something? Yeah. You weren't calling your pitches. You were absolutely killing it. And now suddenly like, well, I'm going to call my pitches. It's like sometimes you wonder like, what? Why would you even consider that as an option? But, um, you know, the Jays also Vladdy Guerrero going into the home run derby, going back in yeah, and announce it. So. I actually like this. The big problem with Vladdy is his launch angle. He's pounding everything into the dirt. Yeah. Go to the home run derby. Guys are always like, I don't do the home run derby. It'll mess up my swing. It can't mess up Vladdy's swing. <laughs> it could like go, yeah, go launch nukes for 30 minutes on national TV. Maybe you'll get your home run swing back. I love that he's doing it. Yeah. And you know what? I like what he said. He goes, my family's been asking me to do it again. Cause I, I get it. It's fun. Like when he did it before, man, it was amazing to watch it. Like yeah. it was quite the display. Like he's obviously a, a ridiculous power hitter. There's yeah. no question about it. And when he gets in his rhythm, the guy can mash the ball. So I like the home run derby. Like I think some, the format, unfortunately I'd like him to cap it at a certain number. Yeah. So they're not tired by the final. That's yeah. the only thing I don't like about it. That's a good point. Uh, Vladdy's favorite BP pitcher. He says of all time is still John Schneider. So John Schneider is going to go and pitch oh. in, in the home run derby. Nice. Well, is cool. Uh, Betway will have odds on that. Will he be the first derby. manager who's ever been? I wonder he might be. That would be interesting to see. Yeah. Somebody else, somebody baseball guy would know that. Would yeah. you now has another manager being the uh, the pitcher in the home run derby. I love it if he does it. Like it's yeah. you know what? And hey, well, obviously, if you're John Schneider and Vladdy asks you, of course you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what do you say? No. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh all right, there you go. Shout out to Batway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Okay, here's what's coming up in the next couple of days here, both daily faceoff wise and Oilers nationwide. Tomorrow. DFO Live, McKenna and Saravalli, they're going to do a full free agent preview, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. No Oilers Nation every day tomorrow, but an episode of Oilers Nation radio available wherever you get your podcast from in the afternoon. Saturday, this bad boy, 9 a.m. Mountain Time on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. Two hours, myself, Saravalli, all the Daily Faceoff staff are going to be there. Jay Rosehill and Mike McKenna going to be back for the players room as well, which was a lot of fun on deadline day. And then after free agent frenzy, We're going to be doing an Oilers Nation version of it live right here. Oilers Nation YouTube, same time, noon mountain time. So we should have a little bit of news around the NHL. I don't know if we're going to have Oilers Nation or Oilers specific news early on July 1, but you never know. I'd be a little surprised. Um, Ken Holland has said like they're they're looking kind of shopping in the bargain bin. Yeah. Right. Um, And and bargain bin isn't a bad thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we usually July 1st is overpayment day in, in the majority of rarely are overpayments made, you know, later on. Now there's been, I can't remember, but there was one big name player who took his time and then he still got his massive contract on like July 3rd or 4th. Yeah. But for the most part, the big ones go early. Not that there's a huge crop of guys who should be getting big contracts, but I, I think look for Edmonton, like as Ken Holland said today, if it's high price spending on July 1st, well, yeah. then they're definitely not in. But if it's controlled spending, 
or maybe it goes down a bit, then they can get in the mix. Um, I think the one guy who could go on day one potentially for the orders is Connor Brown, because everybody knows the situation yeah. with Connor Brown. If he's going to come to Edmonton, it's on a bonus laden contract mm-hmm. for one year, or he takes the two or three or whatever, four year security that another team potentially could offer him. But the thing that's intriguing about Edmonton is he has a really good relationship with Connor McDavid. Yep. I think he's a player who sometimes like he just finished a three-year deal at 3.6, right? Like it's not like he should be struggling for money. Sometimes you can look and say, you know what? I think I might bet on myself here. I'm going to get, because he'll still get the same money for one year. It would just be in bonuses, which are going to be very attainable. Like we're talking, oh, you get 500 grand when you play 10 games and you get another 500 grand when you play 20 games, similar to Bergeron. So he got Bergeron ended up getting 2.5 million in in bonuses on a base of 2.5. But if you're Connor Brown, so you're still going to get three because I don't think, Tyler, that he's really going to command more than 3.2 or three over three years, right? Like, I don't see it. So if you can get that same on a one-year deal, but you have the potential to play with McDavid or Dreisaitl and score 20 goals or maybe score 25, well, now suddenly you're a $4 million player. Right. And, and the cap so, goes up seven mil next year and teams and, are willing to yes. splurge it. We know how dumb GMs get when they're yeah. given extra cap space. Yeah. And the other thing about Brown is like Connor Brown is a smart, reliable player. Yeah. Right. Like he's a 40 point guy. He can score you 20 goals. What can he do potentially with McDavid and Drysaddle? We've seen it. Not everybody does it, mm-hmm. but we've seen lots of guys do it. Uh, Jason Greger, you're on the show all week. Your appearance brought to you by The Brick. I am going to sleep very good tonight because it has been a long week. But it's if you a mattress right now at The Brick, that got there good sales. If on. you've been tired of waking up, it might be your mattress with The Brick's 180 night mattress satisfaction guarantee. You can sleep more comfortably knowing you got the right mattress. Also, if you head to thebrick.com, it's the Canada Day Sale, 25% off sectionals. Also, big shout out to Papa John's for hopping on the show this week as well. Code word Gregor. And you should just set a reminder in your phone every Tuesday that it's terrific Tuesday and you can get 50% off at papajohns.ca. AMA travel. We're only down here living it up in Nashville because AMA travel puts on some great experiences and helps us with all of our travel at Oilers Nation. We're on the horn. We're talking about some nation vacations for next year. So stay, stay tuned for that. Betway, Sherwood Ford for the giant offseason question. And of course, we're always live from the Sports Closet Studio. Liam, I know you miss me, buddy. I'll be home. I'll be home tomorrow. I'll see you Saturday. All right. Okay. He's waving down there. Okay. Thanks to everyone watching on the YouTube. Greg's, how did you like internet broadcast? It was fun times, man. I enjoyed it. It's good time. It's good. Good. Uh, good on Tyler for slugging through today. I wish I would have had a video of your face. Um, for those who don't know, so Ty shows up this morning. Hey, I was at what time are you? I was out till four in the morning. I'm like, ah, good for you. Here we are. The draft starts at 10. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go get a sandwich or something. And I wait about 45 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll go eat. So I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't see Ty. And then like half an hour later, I'm up, he comes back and he's, he's all kind of glossy. I'm like, where were you? He goes, man, I wasn't feeling good. I had to go have a nap. So he yeah. beelined home for the, he waited for the orders pick in the second round. Right. Then he beelined home for the third and fourth, but was back for the, uh, for the fifth round. So I, I, I give you credit for, uh, for showing up. Some guys might've just tapped out. They might've just tapped out, but you powered through. So I came, kudos. I was like the Oilers pick round two. I got to be there. They made the pick. I went and talked to Bo for a little bit. And then I was like, you know what? They're not picking till round five. The hotel's like five minutes away. I can go get some rest and try to reset. Uh, Tyler Mulek wants to know if uh, we can end the show with a little Sue Johansson oh, uh, segment. Can Sue they jo- ask you questions? Sue jo- buddy, that would be unbelievable. I would do it. Like, I, did you ever listen to Sue Johansson? No, I was too young. Sue Johansson. Oh my goodness. The Sunday night sex talk show. Like I'm telling you, man, I learned so much from that. Like, like I remember because you were guys and you didn't really know some stuff. Yeah. So you, I remember a few times we in the car, like and no one would say anything, right? Like people would call in and they'd ask these questions and you, and you'd, you'd kind of like giggle out loud, like, ha ha. But secretly you're like, yeah, I'm kind of curious about what the answer is going to be. Yeah. And so she, t- she goes, Hey, if you can't laugh about sex, yep. then you shouldn't be doing it. And so she had so many <laughs> unique conversations about it that really made it comfortable because it's such a taboo situation uh, yeah. for so many people. Dude, I would do the Sue Johansson sex talk questions <laughs> all day long. Fire them off. That'd be amazing. There's lots of questions yeah. about that because it is uh, it is something that a lot of people, it's funny how how ingrained it is in in society and how little it's talked about. 
Oh, Waz goes, can I put this on TikTok? Waz, buddy, you, you do you. Uh, yeah, rest in peace to a Canadian legend, Sue oh, Johansson. Uh, shut up there. 93 years yeah. of age. And she she was a nurse and and she was kind of, I think she started doing that show like in her in her 50s. And like, there were some really raunchy questions. Like people would call in and it was like, you got to remember, this was pre-internet time. Yeah. Like this was, I got to think like, I well, at least for me, I, I think I was like early 20s. So like mid nineties, when yeah. I, when I remember listening, it was on Sunday nights and sometimes you'd have a game and you drive back from the game, right? You'd be by yourself to do, do Sunday night sex shows on seven o'clock. And man, like it was like, you could learn a lot of stuff from Sue. I guarantee you anybody out there who listened knows exactly what I'm talking about. Cause there was a lots of things. And, and she kind of, she took the taboo away where it wasn't uncomfortable. Yeah. Like there were certain conversations, like people ask questions here. I'm like, Oh my, I have no idea what they're talking about right now. Like, <laughs> Oh, it was so funny. Uh, big shout out to everyone down in Nashville for making this possible. Big shout out to my boy, Jacob Kendall, who is uh, in town as our uh, intern boots on the ground in Nashville. He has changed this backdrop a hundred times over the weekend. And, and reminded I'm, you every time to take the light off before you break it. Yeah, actually, he probably saved yes. the company a handful of dollars just for reminding me to take down our backlight. Uh, shout out to everyone who watched the show today as well. There was a ton of you in the YouTube chat. If you haven't subscribed already, do it and then go to the Daily Face Off YouTube and subscribe there as well. Frank says, I can't take vacation until the DFO YouTube is at 7K for subs. So please help me out. Uh, we'll be back Saturday, free agent special. Again, Gregor, you were awesome this week. Everyone was down here in Nashville. We'll chat with you guys on Saturday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.